Leafs Converts, TLCOGs. What is up? This is the convo. I'm Norm James. I'm glad to be with you. We're going to link up with Mike Agello momentarily, who's at a super annoyingly loud Starbucks near Scotiabank Arena. Oh, it's just brutal, but we'll get through it together. Of course, Mike always has great information to provide, so we'll have to listen really clearly. We owe it to the guy. Mike is in Toronto getting ready for the William Nylander press conference number 29 available for the first time for Toronto media since, I don't know, months and months ago after the loss in Game 7 to Boston. What will Willie say, but more importantly, how is he going to play? Mike's two cents plus Josh Levo sent to Vancouver. The Leafs doing a nice thing. We'll get to your comments, questions, and concerns as submitted through Twitter and the community platform on the Leafs Convo YouTube channel. We're going to want to use that more. I'll tell you why. Plus, I make a huge proclamation about the Leafs and their fortunes this season. Stand by for it. Mike's ready to go. I'm ready to go. I know you are too. So what do you say? Let's pod. The Leafs Convo starts right now. And here he is, my podcast partner in crime at a Starbucks, very close to Scotiabank Arena, site of today's William Nylander availability, the first time Toronto media have been able to speak with William Nylander in the flesh for months and months. Hello, Mr. Angelo, how are you? Good afternoon, Norman. I am well, and uh, it's going to be a busy afternoon. I was at the, the morning skate, or excuse me, the practice at uh, uh, the MasterCard Center, and we thought that maybe we would see William Nylander there, but we're going to see him at uh, Scotiabank Arena at around 4 o'clock this afternoon. Bear with us. We'll keep this podcast short. It is very loud at the Starbucks, of course, everybody having to order their Frappa Chappuccinos. And uh, Mike, of course, just going with a small water because Mike is a minimalist. So Josh Levo sent to the Vancouver Canucks, Michael. Yeah, it's I mean, it was an expected move, although I mean, I thought there was a possibility that the Leafs would put a player on waivers. Uh, you know, Freddie Gauthier, Martin Marinson or Justin Hall have all been. Well, now, now go to you the last couple games with the return of Austin Matthews, but uh, Marinson and Hall have been healthy scratches on most nights. But uh, I think they saw the fact that Levo was going to go back to being a healthy scratch, and we saw that last year where you know, when he was a healthy scratch, he was starting to get a little perturbed, and I can understand it completely about not being in the lineup and with Nealander coming back he was probably going to be the fifth right winger on this team so they move him to the Vancouver Canucks for Michael Carsoni if that's the I'm assuming that's the right pronunciation since he's Italian and I'm Italian um, a 22 year old right winger undrafted free agent who played two years in the queue put up some pretty good uh, point totals but uh, and he's got 17 points uh, in I think 20 games with Utica but He's an AHL player, and I'm not expecting him to break the crack the Leafs roster anytime soon. Nice grab for the Canucks, eh, Mike? Don't you think? Like, good for them. And good for the Leafs in granting Levo's want and need for a change of scenery if he were to be bumped out of the lineup, which, of course, was the case when William Nylander and the Leafs came together on that six-year pact. i got to give credit to Kyle Dubas, Dubas or whomever, uh, agree to um, shipping Levo out and honoring his wishes. That's just good business, in my opinion. Real quick on that. According to the reports out there, because Vancouver lost former Leaf Brendan Leipzig on waivers today to the LA Kings, and when that happened, Jim Benning contacted Kyle Dubas and said, you know, what he saw the situation 
situation. The Leafs were in and asked what uh, they wanted for Levo. So basically an ex-Leaf replaces another ex-Leaf. So it, it fits there. And I think Levo will get an opportunity to play in their top nine. But what I, what I see here is the Leafs clearing Levo's $925,000 salary. And that uh, will help, especially with the, you know, in the wake of the Nylander deal, they have now probably around $6 million in available cap, sca- cap, cap space and uh, probably a lot more when they put Nathan Horton on long-term injury. Uh, just so you know, ladies and gentlemen, Mike is muting his microphone when he is not talking, and that's why you hear the intermittent loudness and then nothing, just so that we can get through this podcast uh, without us being totally annoyed and, more importantly, you uh, tuning out. So we're, we're running through this as quickly as possible. So, Mike, let's talk about number 29 uh, $6.9 million uh, average annual value over six years. He will meet the media later on today. So by the time uh, many people enjoy this podcast, he will have dealt with yourself, including the throng of Toronto media uh, awaiting uh, his arrival and his, uh, his side of the story. What are you expecting? Well, what I'm expecting is, you know, he'll be overjoyed regarding the, uh, the new contract, as he should. Um, you know, it's a, it's a prorated deal. And I know some people haven't understood, you know, what, what, uh, you know, what this actually means. I mean, because the cap hit for the first year, and this was the whole thing with the manipulation of, of the contract and him signing late or later into the season than most people wanted, is that the, the deal could be front-loaded. I mean, the, the first cap hit is prorated, but the amount is 10.2 and some odd change. Um, for this year, when the Leafs have a ton of cap space, the next five years the cap hit is 6.9, a little under seven million. But where the interesting thing is, and you know, we'll I'm sure we'll talk about this a lot from between now and uh, you know next summer, is the year of this contract, the base salary is nine million dollars. 8.3 million of that is signing bonus, meaning that after July 1st. The Leafs pay him a lump sum, lump sum of $8.3 million, and he's only owed $700,000 for the rest of the 2019-2020 season. And I'm telling you right now, and I'm not the only one who's saying that, that is a, per, that, that is a cherry on top of the Sunday in terms of teams that are looking to trade for someone because yeah. they're going to be, basically be getting a free year of William Nylander after the Leafs pay the bonus. It's the same situation that happened with St. Louis and Buffalo when the Sabres traded Ryan O'Reilly. They paid the bonus, and then they traded him. Yeah. And I, I think that Nylander will be traded next summer. There are some dissenters, but I believe he's going to play with them this year. He's going to hopefully do really well, and then he will be moved. I think the Maple Leafs not only can win the Stanley Cup this season, I think they're going to win the Stanley Cup this season. I, I believe... The hallmarks are there. The milestones are there. If this team is healthy with who they have right now and you add a little bit of spice in the back end, this team's going to win the Stanley Cup. The drought will, will, the drought will end. And, I mean, you can, re- you can remember what I said and call it a jinx or you can call me a legend. You'll be calling me a legend because I think the Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup and it'll be a short time uh, but a good time for William Nylander if it, he is indeed traded. This is the Leafs combo, Norman James, with Mike Agello, who's at a noisy store box. Starbucks, not Starbucks. Um, everybody <laughs> down there just completely jacked up on William Nylander fever and uh, the Frappa Cappuccinos. What are you having, Mike? I'm having ice water. <laughs> you really are. It was it small? I, no, small it was, ice water? 
it was a venti ice water, so I'm loading up. <laughs> I, I like it. Yeah, 300,000 views on YouTube now. Thank you very much. That's in eight months, and uh, I'm earning a quarter million views on or listens on other podcast platforms. Thank you, folks. I mean, we're the small podcast that's growing, um, modest by some standards, big by others. We, we just love interacting with Leafs converts. Uh, Anthony on Twitter, AntsHags98. Now that Nylander has signed, what assets do you think they would consider moving for a top four defenseman? They, the Leafs, draft picks at the deadline, or is it likely Willie could be on the move before the trade deadline? Anthony, he will not be, be, he will not be moved. Yes, Nylander yes, will not be traded this season, but as Mike right. just pointed out, yes. it's possible he could be moved in the summer. Uh, Anthony wants to know if the Leafs are going to try to acquire a top four defense between now and uh, the playoffs. I would think that that's number one on Kyle Dubas's shopping list. Now, like I referenced earlier, and I haven't looked at cap, uh, cap friendly this morning after the uh, Levo trade, but they were at about $5.15 million under the cap uh, after the, the Nealander signing. And that's, not with, that, that's without Nathan Horton being on long-term injury. And when he when he's placed on long-term injury, it depends on how close to the cap they are. So that's something that they could do later in the year after they make some sort of acquisition. They can open up significant cap space by putting Nathan Horton's contract on LTIR. So I think they're looking to look for a defenseman. They're going to look for defensive help. Um, if it was me, I'd look for somebody I could put with Morgan Riley and be able, being able to move uh, Ron Hainsey down in the lineup. But we'll see. I mean, that that's going to be basically... Um, I would say making your decisions based on what your coach will allow. And if it's got to be a player that, the, that Babcock likes to be able to supplant Ron Hainsey from the top pairing, but they desperately need to improve that top pairing alongside Morgan Riley. And then, you know, I know that Babcock has talked about adding size up front. And I would say looking at their depth chart, it should be at left wing. You know, um, there are a few left wingers, two of them that are not exactly giants and Artemi Panarin and Jeff Skinner, but there are other guys out there. A guy like Wayne Simmons, even though he plays right wing, it would be uh, a bull in a china shop. And I know that Bob McKenzie mentioned his name earlier uh, a few weeks ago. And if Philadelphia continues to be a non-playoff factor, I think the Leafs would uh, maybe make a, a pass at uh, the Scarborough native Wayne Simmons. I know the Swedes are all the rage right now, but Sweden, Sweden, it's Sweden's kind of like the Canada of Europe, but the capital of hockey is Toronto across the globe. The capital of hockey is Toronto, the biggest hockey team. And most hockey players ever have come from the GTA. So let's not get all angry when guys like Wayne Simmons are brought in uh, as opposed to somebody from, you know, Finland or Sweden. I mean, this, this, this contrast of, well, Marner's a good Ontario boy, and Nylander is not getting a, a break because he's from Sweden. That's just complete nonsense. Now that he's signed, let's hope that kind of stuff dies down, and I have to let it go, too. Least converts call me out on this. I'm, I'm bad at, at uh, digressing and, and you know, sometimes reverting to my old habits, but you know what I'm getting at here? There's nothing wrong with bringing in uh, a Wayne Simmons, and the fact that he's from Toronto doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to play better, but... It's kind of a cool thing. And as I've said, I, I believe the Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup um, this season. Just a few more minutes, and then we'll let Mike get back to his Vente ice water. Great stuff from God's Gift on the community platform on the YouTube channel. I'm going to begin using that more to communicate with Leafs converts, TLCOGs. 
go ahead and check it out. It's free. Um, yeah, uh, he made some great points about William Nylander not being given enough credit for his youth and the kind of statistics he's put up to this point. He believes that uh, he's going to improve. And, um, you know, if he improves greatly over the next 50-plus games, that would be great because if Mike thinks that he's going to be moved out at the end of the uh, at the season, in the uh, offseason, the summer, then the Leafs want to get as much out of him as they possibly can. Mike, say William Nylander is with the Leafs for a longer term. Uh, do you think the, the money they signed him to, the term, and uh, the kind of upside he still has is a benefit for, for the Leafs and, and their plans? I think it's a benefit for the Leafs uh, to a certain extent. But I think it's also it's a benefit for them in terms of asset management. I mean, after the first two years, it's a six million dollar payout per year, and the cap hit is six point nine. Six point nine is a little higher than I would have liked to have gone with Nealander, but it's assuming that he can grow and improve on two sixty-one point seasons. But like I said before, the heavy signing bonus in year two makes him a, an attractive get as a uh, as a as a, a trade commodity and he'll and they have cost certainty now because he's locked up and there's no having to deal with with Michael Nealander and Lewis Gross for another five years so I'm sure teams that are interested will be heartened by that but th- but this is this is the thing it, it's like I think you know there's a there's room to unite here between the sort of anti Nealander faction which I don't think is anti Nealander but it's just the fact that you know he was asking for probably more money than I think he deserved at this point, and the pro-Nealander people, everybody wants him to have success. And, and you know, for those who want to see him traded for a defenseman, the best thing for the Leafs would be for him to score 30 goals in 55-some-odd games and raise his value up and up and up. And if that happens, then you know they can trade him for anything that they want, and maybe they decide to keep him. But if they decide that they, they have to trade him, they can get a king's ransom ransom for him. I'm wondering if there are any morons out there who would rather see Tavares traded and Nylander kept and then move Nylander to center. Are you one of those morons? Because if you are, you are a complete moron. And there I go again. Um, Ethan Moniz, thank you very much for your take on the uh, community platform within the YouTube channel. Uh, you just wanted to throw some credit at Kyle Dubas, the we can and we will statement he made. We made a shirt. They sold three of them. I guess I could um, revitalize that whole brand again. If you guys want to buy some shirts, go ahead. They're like 19 bucks. We can do that. Let me know in the community platform. He just wants to throw some credit at Kyle Dubas. He feels that um, also there are some defensive options he believes within the system and that you don't have to trade anybody at the de- before the deadline to bring in um, top f- four help. No, I'm just well, I'm sca- I'm scanning through his his uh, comment, and he doesn't necessarily say you don't have to, but maybe look within the organization and throwing Kyle Dumas a bone, Mike, real quick. Yeah, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm very high on Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilligren, but you're not going to see these guys stepping into top four roles at age 19 and age you know, 20 or 21. It's just not going to happen. I mean, I don't think, you know, Mike Babcock has kept Travis Dermott as a bottom pairing guy when I think he's actually better than that because he doesn't want youthful mistakes up in the top four. So he's going to play Ainsey and Gardner and Zaitsev and Riley in the top four. This team desperately needs 
an upgrade on the blue line. I don't know how many times I can say it. I would say it to one blue in the face, and I know people think I'm like sort of obsessed. But until they add a defenseman, until they add a top four defenseman, I'm going to keep harping on it because it's my belief that this team is a good defenseman away from being a serious Stanley Cup contender. Yeah, clearly you're not on side with me believing the Leafs are a Stanley Cup winner. You're not even sure if they're a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. I have a feeling that they're just going to be too overwhelming. And Kyle Dumas knows what he's doing, as with any general manager who would have been put in that position, having all of these assets and tools at his disposal. I think he's going to make the moves, and I think uh, on the ascendancy to greatness, the Leafs are ready to take that big, big step. Uh, right about now. Randy Giroux, I think we've answered your question, but I feel you, brother. Thank you so much for all the love. Uh, in the comment section on YouTube, you're a TLC OG. You are a Leafs convert. It's amazing stuff. Michael, are you ready for the big showdown first of the year between the Leafs and Sabres at the Michael P. A. Memorial Arena in <laughs> Buffalo? Memorial? That means I'm dead. Thanks, Norman. Uh, no. Um, yeah, I'm, I think it's going to be... This is the thing about the Buffalo-Toronto rivalry. It's one-sided. It's been Buffalo hating the Leafs since 1970, since Punch Imlek put them on that course because Imlek had been fired by the, fired by the Leafs the year before, and he instilled that hatred of, of the Leafs, and there's that inferiority complex that Buffalo has about the big smoke about Toronto and you know but these teams have never really been good at the same time other than 1999 I would love I would absolutely love to see a Buffalo Toronto first round series oh, 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 I mean the, Q, the QEW would be on fire that's how, yeah. how ridiculous it would be look Buffalo's a suburb of Toronto so that would be fantastic to see the the big city taking on the um, you know the smaller satellite community and who knows how that whole thing would go because you and I have been witness to many uh, Buffalo horror shows over the years. Remember Brian McCabe and the own goal during the Paul Maurice days, Mike? I, why, why did they bring that up? Considering yes. the Leafs are the number one team in the league right now. That, best goal that, differential means they're the best team in the league in my opinion. That, that, that's not even the worst memory. The worst, the, <laughs> the, the worst memory was, I think it was, I think it was 07. When the lead you know, with Andrew Raycroft in goal, with the Leafs had a four-one lead, or five, I think it was four-one in the third period, of about twelve minutes left to go. Wow! And the Sabers ended up, I think, winning seven-five. Uh, they gave up six goals in the third period. You know, it was just a complete and utter collapse. With you know Raycroft not being able to stop a beach ball, but that's I mean the winning percentage of the Leafs in Buffalo since the inception of the Sabers in 1970, I think, is around 32 percent. They cannot win in this building. So um, when they play tomorrow night, the Sabers will be coming off the second of back-to-back games, playing in Nashville tonight. So hopefully they'll have a little less energy, and the Leafs will be infused by the excitement of William Nylander to. Uh, to uh, win, but I wouldn't hold my breath. It, and that all, all everything changes when they go to Buffalo. Hey, Mike, do me a favor. Go order a bunch of cake pops and stuff them in everybody's mouth there because th- that's just way too much noise in a store box. Have a good one, buddy. Enjoy the Nylander press conference. Thanks, Norman. That is a wrap on this episode of the Leafs Convo, mercifully. Man, that was torturous. Poor Mike in the middle of that crazy Starbucks. Everybody yapping. Don't they know we're trying to produce a Leafs Convo podcast? But we did it. 
And that's what we do just for you. It doesn't matter the environment, the background noise, the ambiance. We are guns to get a podcast together for the Leafs converts and TLC OGs out there. I'm over the Nylander stuff now. You know, it's not that I thought he wasn't being honest or true to the organization. The whole thing just kind of annoyed me. But once I see him producing on the ice, perhaps in Buffalo at the Michael Piagello Memorial Arena in Western New York, then I'm just in like Flynn. And I'm telling you right now, the Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup. They're ready to go. Best goal differential in the league with this offense, a couple of tweaks. Folks, we're going to party and I'm going to go effing nuts. You know that? Big time. We're looking for a sponsor. Promise you, no swearing. If you want to get at me, the Leafs Convo at gmail.com. You help us, we help you. You help us, we help you. We all help each other. And then that's what we are. Just one big helpful organization and podcast. For Mike Ogello, I'm Norman James. We'll talk to you next time. The Leafs Convo is outie.